Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Mike Wells covers the Colts for ESPN. I'm Myron Metcalf, senior college basketball reporter, radio host, jack of all trades. Uh, we were talking about the MVP race. We are going to get to Aaron Rodgers and some of the comments he's made because it seems like every day there's a new Aaron Rodgers thing that we have to dissect. But we were talking about Jonathan Taylor as MVP. I am big on Jonathan Taylor being the MVP. I honestly don't think there is a debate if it's about most valuable player. Tim in North Carolina, what say you? Man, I don't know if people just being disillusioned, but man, it is Michael Parsons, baby. It's Michael Parsons. If I had to start a football team, I'm starting with Michael Parsons right now. Straight up. I don't know how we got to the point they just eliminated Parsons, the baddest defensive player on the planet right now. Hey, appreciate the call, Tim. <laughs> Michael, Michael, first off, anybody who anybody who stands for their candidate like that, you got to appreciate that and respect that. I respect Tim in North Carolina. Michael Parsons is a bad, bad man, and it's it's rare to have a guy who's in the conversation for both rookie of the year and defensive player of the year. The challenge Mike Wells is going to be, he might not be the best defensive player in the league if you include T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett, and those guys are kind of in the MVP conversation, but not really. So I think Micah Parsons is definitely in the defensive player of the year conversation as a rookie, which is an incredible achievement. I don't think he's getting any MVP votes. What do you think? No, he's definitely, listen, uh, he's got to worry about the T.J. Watts and the Darius Leonard's and the Aaron Donalds for Defensive Player of the Year award yeah. first before he can even think about getting in the MVP conversation. With that said, I don't want to shortchange what he's done this he's year great. as a rookie. Well, he's I mean, great. 12, 12 sacks, three forced fumbles. Mind you, those 12 sacks are only good enough for seventh in the league. So How there's no way he he can be in the MVP conversation yet. He's good enough to get there, and he'll probably get there at some point. Well, I think if you're a Cowboys fan, the thing you look at is you go, okay, that's a Hall of Famer, maybe. Like, we're, we're watching potentially the start of a Hall of Fame career. Uh, real quick, Trayvon in L.A., who's your MVP right now? Hi, thank you guys for having me. Um, Michael Parker can get smoked easily if you threw Cooper Cup on the opposite side of him. That dude is unguardable. That dude deserves MVP all the way around. And I don't know why people are not looking at him like that, the MVP that he is. Michael Parsons would get smoked. Kayvon Diggs would get smoked. That man is unguardable. What is so hard to comprehend about that, people? Can we get some love for Cooper Cup or not? Hey, Trayvon, th- thanks for thanks for the call. Cooper Cup is a bad man. I mean, Michael Parsons ain't going to guard him. But tr- Cooper Cup is a bad, bad man. But it's hard for a wide receiver. Like, you got to be generational, you know, kind of season to be MVP as a wide receiver. Cooper Cup, I think, right now is having obviously the best season at that position, but he's also playing with a lot of weapons around him, opposite of OBJ now. Matthew Stavers is quarterback. I mean, there are a lot of things happening with that with that offense that have set Cooper Cup up for success. Not taking anything away from him. He's great, but it's hard for a wide receiver to be in that conversation. Listen, no no wide receiver has ever won MVP. Yeah. What what I will say about Cooper Cup is, Trayvon. I believe he's the one. Of the, he's the most underappreciated player, not wide receiver player in the NFL this. But isn't that like last right? year though? Isn't that like Pat? Like people appreciate Cooper Cup right now, right? They see what he's doing right now, right, Mike? Here, here, here no. Here, put it like this: When you mention the L.A. Rams, what names are you going to say first as key players? You're probably going to say Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, yeah, Jalen Ramsey, and then most people will probably say, "Oh, they got Odell Beckham Jr. now." 
and they're going to think this is Odell Beckham Jr. from when he was playing with Eli Manning. We'll completely forget about Cooper Cup, who leads the NFL in receptions, yards, and touchdowns from the wide receiver spot. Yeah, I, th- I think folks watching football know Cooper Cup. I mean, the, the casual fan who sees OBJ go, who sees Von Miller go, you know, maybe they're thinking that. But I think football fans who've watched that team know that Cooper Cup is legit, but he ain't winning MVP. If you're a business owner, it can be tough to hire top talent. But when you post a job on ZipRecruiter, candidates get sent to you. Then you can easily invite your top choices to apply. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y, now to try ZipRecruiter for free. It seems like we can't go through any moment in the NFL season without talking about things that Aaron Rodgers has said. Not in relation to football. It just seems like he is sort of on this tour of let me uh, give you all some more sound bites. He's talking, though, about this year, about kind of enjoying this stretch that He's in right now as he pursues that second quarterback, that second MVP, that second Super Bowl. I'm sorry if I can get it right. Here's what Aaron Rodgers said. I wish they'd tell you you were in the good old days before you left them. And I've often thought a lot about that. It's, uh, you know, reminded by Farvey's comments, but to just enjoy these times because these are the good old days. And, uh, you know, you never know when they're going to be done. And it goes by so quickly. I mean, that's a cool thing to hear him say. He's Mike Wells. I'm Myron Metcalf filling in here on Greeny. But nothing about the last couple of months have kind of aligned with that. Enjoying the times while you can. I mean, that's about just going out there and playing football. Not trying to be somebody's COVID expert. Not not trying to be a guy who just can't seem to say the right thing, Mike Wells. What is, what is Aaron Rodgers' goal as he tries to pursue his second Super Bowl. I don't even look at it as a goal. What Aaron Rodgers is saying right now is, hey, I don't need football. So I'm just going to mouth off and say whatever. I don't need football. I've played it long enough. I've won. MV- I've been the league MVP. I've won a Super Bowl. Not multiple Super Bowls. I've won a Super Bowl. I don't need this. The Green Bay Packers need me more than I need him. So Aaron, it just comes across like Aaron says, you know, two peas in a bucket. Beep. I don't care. I'm just going to say it. It, it doesn't matter, and whatever happens to me, happens to me. He's like, I, I, I hosted Jeopardy. I've got a career outside of the football field once I'm done playing. That's how Aaron Rodgers is approaching it in, in my mind, is that let's see what Jordan Love does if you guys decide to part ways with me this offseason. Yeah, I mean, he, he understands he has all this job security, right? I mean, that 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 is in his favor. The Packers can't move on from him. Who are they going to find? That's like Aaron Rodgers, but it just doesn't make a sense. Make sense to me his his approach, like this whole Dave Chappelle. I'm going to say whatever I'm thinking. I don't know if that works for NFL MVP candidate, especially if you think about kind of what's ahead in this post football life. He's Mike Wells. I'm Myron Metcalf. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, the ESPN app, and your smart speaker. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests appear on the Goodyear Hotline. All callers join us on the Dr Pepper Hotline. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We want to know what you think about what Aaron Rodgers is doing off the field and if it might hurt his legacy. Uh, We've got a great soundbite that you all should hear from Aaron Rodgers, and then we could talk about that on the other end of this break. Coming up next, what will Rodgers' legacy be if he doesn't win a Super Bowl this year? Greeny, the podcast. 
Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We've been talking about Aaron Rodgers. Let me tell you something, Mike Wills. I know people think I'm crazy, but I think Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback of all time. I think Tom Brady is the most accomplished quarterback of all time. Don't ask me why. It makes sense to me. Okay? Aaron Rodgers. You ain't getting no shortcut. That's not the point. Listen, I think he's the greatest. I really do think he is. In terms of... Someone who has played that position, Aaron Rodgers is the greatest. The same way I think Mike, Michael Jordan is, a, is the greatest, is the most accomplished player of all time. LeBron James is the greatest player who's ever picked up a basketball. But that's not the conversation here. We got three out. hours and 45 minutes. We, 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 we can talk about it later. <laughs> yeah. We can talk about it later. But Aaron Rodgers is doing everything in his power to become the least likable player in the entire NFL. I don't know what the goal is, but I do wonder if he's affecting his legacy beyond football uh here's what he said this week on the pat mcafee show take a listen feels like that's that's the way things go in general with us we travel so well obviously we have prestige of the organization i've always felt like we always get everybody's best shot you know there's not a lot of lay down games where teams just don't show up and play you know because you're either playing at lambeau field which is iconic or you're hosting the green bay packers like that's a that's a big deal Mike Wells, who, who's playing lay-down <laughs> games in the NFL? Who, you, you tell me the last time you saw a lay-down game in the NFL where coaches get fired after a year sometimes, where quarterbacks get drafted uh, in the top 15, hello, Josh Rosen, and then they're out of the league the next year. Like, who's playing lay-down games in this league, and what is Aaron Rodgers even talking about at this point, man? Aaron Rodgers is just talking to talk. You ever, you ever had that friend that who just enjoys hearing himself talk? <laughs> Some might say it's me in my circle group, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> that that that's Aaron Rodgers. He is like he believes whatever he says, people are going to buy the words coming out of his mouth. And as I alluded to prior to the break, Aaron Rodgers is at the point where he doesn't care. 
he's believing it himself. Even if he truly doesn't believe it, he's believing what he says out of it. And you made a point during the break with me is that, you know what? Aaron Rodgers could be hurting his name a little bit by the way he's acting. Definitely. Because he's saying this on the Pat McAfee show, who, who I, I have a great relationship with Pat from covering him with the Indianapolis Colts. But where else is, is Aaron Rodgers making these type of comments where it's not getting any kind of backlash from? Yeah. I mean – He's Pat McAfee has been his guy. I mean, that's the one he's gone to. That that's his pulpit now, right? He's Mike Wells on Myron Metcalf filling in here on Greeny. He's tried to talk to us about COVID. He's recommended treatments uh, in the things that he thinks that the NFL should be doing. Last I checked, Aaron Rodgers was not a scientist or a doctor, but it appears he wants to be one. Thinks he can host Jeopardy. Uh, shows up to to camp late. Uh, he has all the all of the power in Green Bay. He's by far the most powerful man within that organization, and he knows that whether he demands a trade or he says, I want to stay, they're going to make something happen, right? He has that complete freedom. But he also has come off like a very unlikable human being all of a sudden, and it's very weird. And I think with a guy like that, yes, you are really, really good at football, and you're a Hall of Famer. If you don't get that second Super Bowl this is the kind of stuff that will damage your legacy as well. Because there are a whole lot of people out there who are saying, you know what, he's good, but where's number two? If you're one of the greats, you get that second Super Bowl. You add that, if they don't get it this year, on top of all of these off-field comments, and he becomes Brett Favre. Brett Favre, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. When's the last time you saw him outside of a Wrangler jeans commercial, Mike? There's something to be said about that. The great quarterbacks of the NFL are on TV. They're in big business ventures. They are involved in front offices, in ownership groups. The Elways and the Mannings and the all those guys have stuck around the NFL in some capacity. There is one guy who is removed from that fraternity, at least the visible fraternity of the NFL, and that's Brett Favre. And it seems to me that Aaron Rodgers has learned a little too much from his former mentor, Mike Wells. Man, you just made an ex- you just made multiple excellent points. I know it, it'll be curious. I'm curious on how that's going to come about once Aaron Rodgers decides to retire. Whether it's at the end of this season, which you know the way he's playing, it's clear he he can uh, play for several more years at an MVP caliber type level. But if he continues to play and he continues to take this path in the way he is talking about you know different. Di- different situations, different um, things that are going on in society, how people are going to continue to look at him. Are they going to be turned off on him and say, yes, you're a great quarterback, but dang, you say some stupid things. Yeah, That's going to be the question mark that's going to – is Aaron Rodgers ready for that criticism if he continues to go that way? And something tells me he's not worried about the criticism when it comes that way, if and when it goes that route. Yeah, he's not worried about it now, but he clearly loves attention. And you have to ask yourself, how is he going to get it after football? Right. Like where where does that maybe come from? Also, you can be a great athlete and I don't have to care what you think about anything else. Right. That's just the way we are. It doesn't mean you're less of a person or or your opinion doesn't matter. But I don't need a football player trying to tell me something that scientists and doctors are trying to figure out. He's Mike Wells. I'm Myron Metcalf here filling in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, ESPN Plus and your smart speaker. Coming up next, it's time to try and win some Money. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. 
big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. We are joined now, ESPN Sports betting analyst Joe Fortenbaugh, my guy, who uh, is with me on Sundays on Countdown to Kickoff. He joins us on the Goodyear Hotline. Joe, how you doing, man? Myron, Medcalf, and Mike Wells. <laughs> ESPN really went slumming today, didn't they, boys? <laughs> they, went, well, they, hey, they went to the G League on this one, huh, right? They, they, uh, they listen, called up Myron, a few guys, didn't they? And I was about to say, actually, I upgraded from yesterday, man, from <laughs> being on with Joe. <laughs> yeah. Mike did take a big step up in life going from me yesterday to Myron today. Good to be with you, boys. How you doing? Uh, good, 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 man. Uh, great to have you. So many things happening in the NFL. I want to start with... Tonight's game, which we'll all be watching, 49ers and Titans. What do you like there? So we got to figure out what's going to happen with A.J. Brown and all the injuries that the Titans are battling because that is a massive, massive indicator. It is a massive, shall we say, tell as to how this could play out. I mean, when you – let's go ahead and break it down like this. First 11 games of the season for Tennessee, they had Derrick Henry at running back and A.J. Brown at wide receiver, or they had at least one of them. Last three games, they've had neither. So look at the splits. Those first 11 games, 26 points per game. The last three games, they're down to 15 points per game. Pathetic. They've gone from 354 yards a game to 312. They've gone from one and a half turnovers per game to 2.6. Anyone who watched the Steelers game last Sunday knows that this team is struggling big time to just pick up first downs without those two guys. Now they've got injuries to Julio Jones, who's battling a hammy, I believe, and the offensive line's all banged up too. Not the situation you want to be in with San Francisco coming to town over their last six games, giving up just 18 points per game. This Niner defense, this Niner team is playing very, very well. So you got the Niners laying three and a half. You got the total of 44, 44 and a half. I'd be looking to play a few bets here. Number one would be the under on the game. We get a lot of unders on Thursday nights. And at the same time, I don't see Tennessee doing a whole lot. Tennessee's team total is around 20 points for this game. I bet under 20 points for Tennessee. I don't see them scoring a whole lot in this game. And then if you're looking for a prop, Ryan Tannehill is minus 115 to throw an interception in this game. Minus 115. So you risk 115 bucks to win 100. You're getting a good price because San Francisco only has six INTs all year. That's second fewest in the NFL. But Tannehill has been an interception machine. Six of them in his last four games. He's thrown picks in seven of his last nine games. And he's been under heavy duress this season, boy. He's been sacked 41 times this year, which is second most in the NFL. I think the Niners are going to come after him, and he throws at least one pick in this game. 
Let me Love let's it. jump ahead to the game I'll be at on Saturday night out there in uh, Arizona. Colts and Cardinals. Colts are on the run right now. Five of the last six games they've won. Arizona goes to Detroit and puts up a stinker, scoring twelve points. How do you look at that game? So it's been nothing but Colts money, Mike. Nothing but Colts money from the beginning. They were somewhere up around, depending on when you looked at it, maybe two and a half as a dog, maybe three, and it's knocked it all the way down to one. And it's easy to claim recency bias. We just saw the Colts beat the Patriots. We just saw the Cardinals lose to the Lions. But I think there's more to it than just those two respective games. The Colts have been playing very good football as of late, very balanced. They can play D. They can run the ball well. They can protect the opposing. They can protect their quarterback. On the Arizona side, we've seen this before from Cliff Kingsbury. Good starts to the season and then falling apart late. And that seems to be what's happening right now. Arizona looks like they've completely lost their mojo. It's one thing to lose a football game. It's another thing to lose a football game to the Lions. It's a third thing to go to Detroit and get blown out by the Lions. You see what I'm saying? Like, there aren't levels to this, as Myron would say. And that's as far down in levels. If you watch that show, The Platform, that movie on Netflix, oh, terrifying. They were on the lowest possible level, which meant they were getting no food, which meant if they were going to survive, they're going to have to do some crazy stuff. Now, that's really deep down the rabbit hole there. But I would play Indianapolis in that spot. I think they win the game outright. Well, another game, I mean, obviously a lot of people are talking about that as a head. That is Green Bay in uh, hosting uh, the Browns. What do you think about that game? So Green Bay is sitting anywhere as a seven-point favorite to seven and a half. I think the public's going to be all over the Packers here. They've cashed a ton of tickets this season. I know they didn't cash last week, but they looked really good against Baltimore. Uh, Cleveland has been a mess, as we know, so no one's going to want to bet on them. So be careful with this game is what I would say. I'd say be careful. I think the public you're going to have a massive ticket count on the Packers versus the Browns. So this could be a pros versus Joes kind of game. Now, what do we know about the Browns? They're in an awful situation here. They played Monday night, and then they got to turn around and play Saturday. That's a five-day turnaround. That is a brutal spot to be in, especially having to travel to Green Bay. I know it's not a far flight, but that is really tough for this team to have to figure out. I think what the right move would be is a six-point teaser. And the way that works is it's kind of like a parlay. You need two teams to win your bet. So, Leg number one would be the Packers. You get six points to move the point spread however you want. We're going to take it from seven down to one. Okay, six points right there. So the Packers only need to win by one. So you're saying to yourself, wow, this is a magical bet. How unbelievable I can change the point spread like that. Why wouldn't more people do it? Well, you also have to win a second leg. So I would look at the Buffalo Bills catching two, two and a half points at New England. And I would tease that up to eight and a half points. So if the Bills can keep it within eight and a half and the Packers can win by more than one, you end up winning your teaser. That's how I would play the Green Bay game on Saturday. You know, a game I'm intrigued by is you have New England and Buffalo this weekend. The Pats just had their seven-game winning streak in in Indianapolis on Saturday night. They went in to Buffalo a couple weeks ago on Monday Night Football and ran the ball down Buffalo's throats with Mac Jones attempting just three passes. Clearly, Buffalo expects New England to run the ball again. So what is your thoughts on that game? So I like the teaser, as just mentioned, but there are a few other ways to slice this. I think it's very interesting that the books have not made this game New England minus three. I think that's a bit of a tell. I think that's telling you right there that if somehow, someway, enough New England money comes in to put this at three, I think the smart guys are going to come back and take the bills plus the points. We haven't seen a whole lot of movement yet, so I think everyone's just kind of waiting to see as we dance around the key number of three how it's going to play out there. On one hand, you can make the case that Buffalo got embarrassed by this team a couple weeks ago at home. Very difficult to beat the same team twice in the same season, especially when it's a good opponent. So you might want to look to the Bills. On the other side, 
You know, New England gets an extra day of preparation here because they played last Saturday against the Colts. New England is off a loss. And when you evaluate Mac Jones, his home performance versus his road performance, those splits are radically different, boys. Radically different. He's been much better at home this season than on the road. So that could lean you a little bit to Indy. And then you look at Buffalo and you think, yeah, even though you beat Carolina, it wasn't that convincing until that late score. They weren't even going to cover the spread. And Carolina's lost 9 of 11. So ultimately, what do you want to do here? If it gets to 3, you'll find me on Buffalo. You're also going to see me on the Buffalo teaser. Outside of that, I'm kind of dancing around it right now. Joe, he's Joe Fortenball, ESPN betting analyst. I'm Myron Metcalf. He's Mike Wells. Uh, filling in here for Greeny. I know you're a college football guy in this bowl season. I'm sure there's a lot of action going on. Any good bets uh, in the next couple of days with the bowl games? Oh, oh, you bet your rear end, Myron. You bet your rear end. <laughs> you First were waiting game, for that, huh, Joe? You oh, were waiting yeah. for that one. <laughs> First game I'm going to give you is, the, is what I call the Joy to the World special. It's the Joy to the World special. It is Memphis minus 8.5 over Hawaii, December 24th. Now, you're thinking to yourself, why is this called the Joy to the World special? Well, on Christmas Eve, when you're in church and everyone's singing Joy to the World, they're going to be distracted. You can pull out that phone. You can check out this game because it's going to be in Hawaii. It's on Christmas Eve, the Hawaii Bowl. This number's been skyrocketing. It was Memphis minus six, six and a half when we first started talking about it. It's up to eight and a half. There's no faith in Hawaii right now. There's a bit of a mutiny going on there. The players don't like head coach Todd Graham. They're being very vocal about it. The starters wanted him fired. The, the school hasn't fired him. There's a lot of uh, tension there. So motivation is a huge factor for these bowl games. I don't think Hawaii is all that motivated to show up. Throw on top of that, their starting quarterback and leading rusher both entered the transfer portal at the end of November, and they're one of the worst defenses in the country. Here comes Memphis in the 16th-ranked passing attack. I think Memphis puts it on them. So Memphis minus 8.5 over Hawaii in the Joy to the World special. Christmas Day, I'd lay it. Georgia State minus 6 over Ball State. This one's been on the rise as well. Georgia State was a 4-point favorite. It's up to 6. This is all about styles making fun. Georgia State is run heavy, eighth in the country in rushing. They're very good at running the ball, and they love to do it. Ball State is 93rd in run defense. Georgia State's got some big game experience this year. They went toe-to-toe with Auburn, North Carolina, Louisiana, App State. I think they jump all over them, and the MAC has really been struggling in bowl games so far this year. Georgia State minus six on Christmas over Ball State. Nice. Hey, Joe, how difficult is it to bet college football bowl games when – players are opting out you know players that clearly are you know ready to take you know more focused on taking the next step and is it, is it tough to put a line down on that one on yeah it's see the thing is with bowl season a lot of times back in the day you used to have the professionals lining up to bet the numbers right away as soon as the numbers came out in early december they'd be taking their positions now more players than ever are opting out that's number one we've got the covid situation we're dealing with right and we always have to determine the motivation which teams want to play in the games they're in which teams are going to completely mail it in because they couldn't care less you want to look for the teams that had a big letdown at the end of the season that cost them something and then landed them in a bowl game that they might not care about oregon's an example of that i don't think oregon's going to show up against oklahoma they, they blew it twice against utah mario cristobal left for miami i know lincoln riley left but i think oklahoma shows up in that game so so what a lot of guys are doing now is they might grab an early position but they also might come back and bet the other way if things go against them so you got to track covid you got to track the opt-outs you got to find out who's playing in these games and you got to track motivation so the numbers will move you might not get the best of it but you do want to have the best of the information keep an eye on all that stuff 
He is the one and only Joe Fortenbaugh, ESPN sports betting analyst. Thanks as always, Joe, and happy holidays to you and yours, man. Normally, this is the point where I go, Greeny, you're the best, but you two are in, so I'll just wish you a happy holidays. Keep it simple. Talk to you guys soon. Just busting chops. Always love you both. Have a good show. Thanks, Joe. That's Joe Fortenbaugh, my guy, ESPN sports betting analyst. Mike Wells, Myron Metcalf here filling in on Greeny. Uh, join host Gotham Chopra as he explores what Tom Brady has meant to football and the world in Man in the Arena, a new podcast from ESPN Plus and Religion of Sports, a companion piece to Gotham's ESPN Plus docuseries. The 10-part podcast examines the improbable ripple effects of Brady's career, things that have forced us to rethink everything we thought we knew about time, hatred, perfection, even fate. The podcast is brought to you by State Farm, ZipRecruiter, and Rocket Mortgage. Listen and follow Man in the Arena now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And stream the docu-series on ESPN+. Plus. That was a mouthful, Mike Wells. I mean, that's the one part about this that I'm like, oh, man, I, I want to hit the live reads. Like that's what I'm thinking, you know, every time. You know? Listen, if you guys can see uh, my room before he has, he has to make these live reads. He's taking a gigantic jug, a swig of water to make sure he, his mouth's not drying out halfway halfway through his live read. By the way, man, have you ever wondered how a guy like Joe or any other betting analyst you have on the show can just run off these lines of these games oh. so quick? He said Memphis and Hawaii, bro. He's, he's a he's a he's a computer. I mean, I do a show every Sunday with Joe Fortenbaum, and he's he's just like a walking computer in terms of all the knowledge and information he has and you think i'm taking a sip of water but i don't know i'm just kidding <laughs> it is christmas time. after the show uh he's mike wells i'm myron metcalf filling in here for greeny i got nuno man started off our meeting uh you know with with an interesting question and and nuno's a bears guy and i and i get it and I know a few really diehard Bears fans. And here's what I've learned about Bears fans, Mike Wells. They like to kind of shift reality a little bit to make themselves feel better about their situation. And, you know, saying he's not a Bears fan. He's a Giants fan. But he thought this was a good question for the Bears. But Bears fans do tend to, at this point in the season, they tend to decide, like, you know what? Maybe things aren't as bad as they look. And that's kind of what's happening here. Nuno asked, are the Bears in a better position with Justin Fields now at the quarterback spot, or would they have been better off trading for Russell Wilson? And he's talking about kind of going forward. Who would you rather have? Um, first, first of all, hey, hey, Nuno should go ahead and say he's a Bears fan yeah, over the Giants right that now. That sounds like a Bears no, fan question, right? Because <laughs> nobody nobody knows what in the world is going to happen with the Giants at their quarterback spot. So, come on. They'll let you in the Chi-Town, give you a Chicago <laughs> dog, Nuno. Don't worry about it, man. You can have it, man. They'll, they'll give you a spot for, for sure. But I do think it's interesting, like, Russell Wilson right now, Justin Fields. Russell Wilson was hurt. I mean, obviously, I think that's what you look at that situation and say, okay, he never, we never really saw Russell Wilson this season because of the hand injury. Uh, I think we'll probably find out after the season that as much as he's saying he was okay, that he probably wasn't okay, right? But Justin Fields, I, I think all of these rookie quarterbacks, you got to give them another year before we make any sort of definitive assessments of who they are. I think with Trevor Lawrence, what a mess of a coaching situation he's had to deal with. Let's see him in year two. Zach Wilson has been hurt. Trey Lance hasn't played. Will he play? I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with that. Uh, Mac Jones has been great in sort of the, the limited game plan they've used with him in New England, but can he step outside the box and do more? And then you have Justin Fields who, listen, 
Justin Fields' development has been hurt by Matt Nagy, but I still feel like we're waiting on that wild moment or that wild stretch with Justin Fields. We've had a couple of highlights that are cool for like Twitter and stuff, but I don't know that we've had a stretch of games where we say, this guy is next. So if you could go back in time and make the call and set yourself up for the future, is there any question, Mike Wells, that you would have done everything to trade for Russell Wilson if that were real, a real possibility, rather than trading up to get Justin Fields? No, I'm, I'm going with – I am going with Justin Fields because, listen – you Whoa, over had, Russell Wilson? Yes, I, I am doing that. Listen. What's in your water? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Let me let me think. It is a little clear, brother. It is a little clear. <laughs> What's um, in that cup, bro? You, you're sitting there. You, you trade for Russell Wilson. The clock's ticking on him. 33 years old. Of course, you know, he could be Tom Brady and playing to his 40s, and you're getting, you know, seven, eight more years out of him. But I'm sticking with Justin Fields. You got – the Bears have to find that guy. When is the last time the Bears have had that guy in Chicago? Yeah. I can't even think about it. I might have been I might have been kicking it in First Avenue in Minneapolis the last time the Bears had that guy <laughs> at the at the quarterback spot for them. With Justin Fields, the issue is he doesn't have a head coach. He doesn't have an offensive guy to help him out. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Matt Nagy, you know, his enthusiasm on the sideline is great at times. But he's way over his head as far as being a head coach in the NFL. It's just clearly not working out for him. I think we have to wait before we evaluate Matt, I mean, Justin Fields. Let him get – hopefully the Chicago Bears will do the right thing and get them a head coach in here that has an offensive – legit offensive background or a head coach who brings in an offensive coordinator who knows what he's doing. You're shortchanging Justin Fields from a head coaching standpoint, which has stunted his development. The same thing could be said about Trevor Lawrence. Trevor yeah. Lawrence is the only one that makes any kind of sense in Jacksonville when he's talking to the media. He he sounds more matured. He sounds more mature than what Urban Meyer ever did this entire season. Yeah. Well, you know the New York Jets and Zach Wilson. We it's just simply the New York Jets. So I can't. I don't. Who knows what's going to come out of uh, Zach Wilson? But give Fields some time yeah. and go with him over Russell Wilson. Uh, you're my guy, man. I've known you for a long time. We're, we're buddies, man. You know, we both have these Minnesota ties. But and I want to and I want to tell you live on ESPN Radio here on Greeny, I don't believe you. Okay, <laughs> I don't believe you at all. Everything you just said was not real because there is no world if you can have Russell Wilson that you're going to instead take Justin Fields. Listen, man, this is the NFL. You were telling about these sweet potato pies you're baking. <laughs> and you love to be in the kitchen, I'm not that kind of a chef. I'm going to the store or the bakery, and I'm getting one that someone has already made because I just want to dig in. At the end of the day in the NFL, if you have a choice between developing a great quarterback potentially and grabbing a great quarterback, you're going to pick the great quarterback every single time. There is no world, Mike Wells, where you're taking Justin Fields over Russell Wilson. Justin Fields might turn out to be a really good player. Justin Fields may turn out to be a guy who really makes a leap from year one to year two, especially if there's a more stable situation around him. There is that potential for him. But potential versus Super Bowl winning quarterback who has carried that franchise on his back for almost a decade, I'm taking that guy every single time, Mike Wells, and guess what? You are too. There's no world where you're picking Justin Fields over Russell Wilson. Stop all that nonsense, man. Listen, Matt Nagy would have... Matt Nagy would have messed up uh, Russell Wilson in Chicago. Oh, Russell Wilson would have been a, just an, a, a ho-hum quarterback no, this year no. with the Bears. He would have just been ho-hum out there. Bro, <laughs> Justin Fields, 
Justin Fields, and he's Mike Wells. I'm Myron Metcalf. We're here filling in on Greeny. I think Justin Fields deserves a more stable situation. Justin Fields' development was hurt by all of the nonsense with Matt Nagy. Um, I think they could have done this better with how they handled Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. You move up to take a quarterback in that position, you put him out there and let's see what you have. Let's give him a chance to develop and grow. That didn't happen with Justin Fields. But if you can go out and get a quarterback like Russell Wilson, you go out and do everything in your power to do it. Because only elite quarterbacks can compete for Super Bowls. Like, that's the history of the modern NFL. Average quarterbacks don't win Super Bowls. You can tell me about Nick Foles. Nick Foles threw for almost 500 yards. I was there when he played Tom Brady. That was an incredible performance, and he never did it again. You can tell me about Eli Manning. Well, Eli Manning had two of the most iconic performances in Super Bowl history. So, yeah, maybe they're not elite quarterbacks, but they were elite when they had to be. And the other quarterbacks who won, the Trent Dilfers and guys like that, Brad Johnson, they had historic defenses behind them. Hobbled Peyton Manning when he played with the Broncos. But for the most part, you have to be an excellent Hall of Fame level quarterback to compete for a championship. And if you have a choice between Russell Wilson, and that's a real thing you can get, versus Justin Fields, 100 times out of 100 times, you're going to go with Russell Wilson because you know what you have in Russell Wilson and you don't know what you have in Justin Fields. You had me leaning that way until you started talking about the Super Bowls, Myron. Ain't no way in hell the Chicago Bears ain't even going to sniff being a Super Bowl contender with Russell Wilson. That roster is so bad that they have to sit there and add pieces still before they can think. They can't even think about the playoffs let alone being in the Super Bowl. So you had me saying, maybe maybe I am wrong, but you messed up by mentioning Super Bowl. Listen, you got a much better chance of getting into the mix with Russell Wilson than you do with Justin Fields. Justin Fields, we're trying to figure out if he's an NFL quarterback, legitimately. Russell Wilson has a Super Bowl. He should have to if his coach had made a better decision, man. Come on. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.